she said and gently pulled me near If you want to talk, you can call And no, it's not your fault My first ever crush was a girl in my class in nursery 2 Her name was Ebron she was the prettiest girl in the class and by far one of the smartest. She was also way out of my league if I could remember. I was a quiet kid and she was the more, you know, outgoing type. I was the kid who was always looking somber in front of the classroom, listening attentively to Auntie Joy. That was our class mistress, as she thought. Back then, I reckon she did not really feel the same way I felt about her because, you know, her type of guys were the always agile noisemakers like Muiwa and Coyote. So in my tender age in nursery 2, I kept my distance, only admiring her from afar, watching her interactions with the rest of the class. It was going to be a boring nursery 2 for me, I was sure of this. I'm more sure it was going to be even boring when I get into primary school because we were all kids residing in the same estate and most of us either went to the same church or had our parents connected in one way or another. So chances were whoever was my classmate in nursery 2 was definitely going to be my classmate throughout primary school. It was a private school and nobody really failed back then. So, I accepted my faith. Until I got to secondary school, I reckoned that I'd only be able to admire Ebun from afar. But then, one day of the many kid-like days in nursery 2, Auntie Joy stormed into the classroom, and she seemed like she was on edge. Stop making noise, she ordered, and the class went hush. Everybody except for me. I never made any noise, so there was nothing to stop doing, basically. She looked around with her brown, beautiful eyes. Her hair was plaited straight and tied behind the back of her head. Her felt figure trying hard to hide itself in the very conservative turtleneck dresses that good aunties of the good old days were wont to wear. She looked around and then she said, I don't know why you all cannot be like Mifa. I am not sure if I heard my name correctly, but I got a nudge from the dude seated next to me. His name was Jude. And it dawned on me that my name had indeed been called. Mifa is always quiet and doesn't say a word. And yet he completes his homework and classwork on time. And anyone who sits near him begins improving in their studies too. She said this. This was what she said, but in a more watered down, nursery too kind of way. I froze. This was not happening. I couldn't believe it. My teacher had just called me out and made me sort of like a paragon to my peers. I was not sure how to feel about this. But then she said, you better start following Mifa's example so that you can learn more instead of always playing around and disturbing the whole building. Bagan. Then she looked down at me and smiled. The class remained silent. I could not afford to look around because I felt the heavy stares from everyone else. Uh, but eventually, I managed to turn to my left 
and then our eyes met. It was Ebun. She smiled. My body quivered. I smiled back. It was heaven. Two weeks later, I was still cruising on the high of having been used as a good example for my peers. Muiwa and some of his cohorts were making snide remarks, calling me teacher's pet, teacher's pet. But I wasn't bothered. Ebun had moved that desk closer to mine, and while I thought this was because of what the teacher had said, I'm sure that it was the reason, a part of me was cool with believing that it was because she liked me. Every moment from that day forward was bliss, until one fateful day. I mean, I should have noticed it at home, but I did not, and I can't remember what I ate on that fateful day, but all I could remember is I went to class, and after the first lesson, I started feeling a rumbling in my stomach. Ideally, I should have headed for the toilet, but I was young and shy, and I don't think I, I've, I've actually pooped anywhere else besides my own toilet at home. So I pretended and tried to swallow it until suddenly, as I was seated on my chair, I noticed that, man, I could no longer hold it in. So I dashed for the toilet with my itty-bitty legs. But it was too late. I got to the toilet completely soiled in my clothes. I'm hearing the voice of either Muiwa or Tochuko, one of those boys, saying from behind me, Auntie, Mifa has pulled in his knicker. Tears streamed down my eyes. It was hell. Thirty minutes later, I was being washed off of my poo by my auntie who had been called to check up on me. Apparently I had a temperature and they wanted to be sure I had someone to take me home and attend to me. I used to live with my aunts that year, my dad, my aunts and myself. And I remember standing there in shame as my aunt washed me and my classmates looked on, everyone included. And I remember my auntie Yabo telling me, don't worry, it will be fine. As I stood still and took note of a life lesson that I'll come to realize years later. There will be moments when your own hesitation and fear would cause you to make a shameful mistake that will feel so overwhelmingly embarrassing. You'll feel like the whole world is laughing at you. It would hurt like hell. And whatever goodwill you think you have built up until that point would appear to have just been flushed down the drain. But don't fret. The lesson I learned is that in those moments, the only person that can actually clean up your mess is you. And also the ones who love you unconditionally, like my auntie Yabo. And when they tell you, don't worry, everything will be fine. Please believe them, because eventually everything does become fine.
I would be doing a grave injustice if I didn't tell you guys about this amazing new business in town that my friend started, which is called Glad's Tidings. Basically, Glad's Tidings is an online thrift store that deals in household items. They shop and sell used and new household items for amazing prices, or as they will say at Glad's Tidings, shinkini money. So what are you waiting for? Go follow them on Instagram at glads underscore tidings and start shopping now. And the truth is this. If you go follow them and you want to do business with them and you say you're from the You and I podcast, you're definitely getting a discount. Link on their Instagram page will be in the description to this episode. Go shop now at glads tidings. When I came back, she wasn't there. Just a note left on the stairs If you wanna talk you need to know Mary was my secondary school crush she was tall smart beautiful and a little bit domineering i was short and quiet and mischievous and somehow we just clicked i i remember goofing around and making trouble with her just to get a reaction out of her and you know get a good thrill out of her doing the same to me it was fun we had a working formula i was the guy who liked her but never said anything and she was the girl who never knew about this arrangement yeah time and life passed and sadly my dad lost his job and uh, my family had to move and so i lost contact with mary it was hard for the first few months but eventually like everything that has to do with time and his companion new bonds were formed and soon enough i all but forgot about mary but then the phenomenon that was mtn midnight call was birthed and by this i was able to get in touch with a friend from back then and we got talking i beg you get mary number i asked <laughs> tall mary he replied you know any short one before <laughs> i returned with a scoff and then added mary Ekpo, mary Ekpo, now they ask he laughed, and after a few more bands, he sent me he sent me a number. Two days later, I called, and when I mentioned my name, she was elated. Mimi, she screamed. How have you been? It's been a while. Good, 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 I said, attempting to deepen my 17-year-old voice in a bit to sound mature. How is that your village? What, what is his name again? She teased. <laughs> I laughed. Oh, Ososo, Abby. Ososo. <laughs> I laughed again. Ososo. I corrected, and we both laughed. I asked if I could call her during the midnight hour, and she agreed. I waited religiously for the time, and when I called her, she was on hand to pick my call, you know. Although she sounded a little bit tired, but midnight call, shit happens. We began talking and going back on our memories and fun trivia and... A minute turned to ten, and ten minutes turned to an hour, and before the end of our first ever midnight call, I had confessed my crush to her. No, it's a lie, she said. I always just thought you just like finding my trouble. Ah, no, I, re I really had a crush on you. I just no get the mind to say things back then, you know. Besides, I did not know much. Hmm, she replied. So what do you now know, Oga? I laughed and then proceeded in the next hour to verbalize some of the acts I had seen in porn movies. 
trying to ensure that I sounded like I was teaching her the stuff, you know, being educative. It must have worked because we scheduled another midnight call and this one, in this one, I asked her to be my girlfriend. Surprisingly, she agreed. Two weeks later though, we broke up. It was not feasible, the long distance dating thing. We are young, uh, basically we are way out of our league and we called it quits and moved on. I was a little bit sad but shit happens. Three years later though, I was invited to the wedding of a friend's sister. We all grew up together back in the same place. My family had lived before we had to move. And I was so excited to go because I was sure that I was going to see Mary and maybe we could rekindle whatever it was we thought we had. I was right. Mary said she would be available and um, we would meet up on the day of the wedding. I basically thought I had struck jackpot. So, in my excitement, I decided, you know what, I'm going to this place that I grew up in with a fresh new look, a fresh face, you know what, I had to switch it up a little bit. I was a fresh kid in this town and I just got back from my sojourn and basically I thought I had a point to prove. So when my former peers asked me if I drank alcohol, I was like, yes now. When they asked me how many bottles, I was like, four. And that's just how far I've gone so far. Sometimes I can take like five. They looked at me with admiration. This Mifa was different. Grown. This Mifa had become a man. I could see the admiration on their faces and I thought for sure it would be the same admiration that I would see on Mary's face as well. Mifa had become a man. The day came and Mary called me away from the wedding to the place where we should meet up. And so we can talk. But at this point in time, I had already had like three beers and I felt my eyes spinning in little bits, you know, just felt a little bit drowsy. But I didn't care. I was a man. I could hold my own. And so I walked the distance, hoping that some light trekking would ease the drunkenness that was already clouding my head. I arrived at the location and there she was, Mary. Damn more beautiful with age than I could ever have imagined. She had all the curves, everything, she was perfect. We hugged and I could feel the warmth of her bosom against my body as her perfume wafted in the air. We sat and I looked at her and smiled. She smiled back and we began talking. She told me of how different I looked and I said the same back to her. We reminisced on our failed attempt at a long-distance relationship and I laughed at how naive we were. And then suddenly I felt a wave of nausea setting in. I swallowed hard. But before I could say, excuse me for a moment, boom, I had thrown up. Thankfully, her reflex was sharp and she jumped backwards. So my vomit had missed her by a few inches. All the food I had eaten, some rice, some everything just sprawled out on the floor. And she looked down at me in pity and said, 
Mifa. Why would you drink if you know you cannot handle it? A wave of embarrassment swept me. As I tried to make up an excuse, uh, it's because I did mixture. It's not. It's, I, I, normally, I don't do mixture, but I just did. But I could almost feel the air laugh at my lie as the wind blew across my face in coldness. This was the Hamatan period. Go home and rest, she said. And after she had gotten a little water from the tap close by for me to wash my face, she added, We'll see later. That never happened. And just like that, I watched her walk away, pity in her eyes as she shook her head. I stood still, looking at my own vomit and the emptiness around me. There was no one there. I was all alone. And I stood by myself. I took note of the lesson that will become clearer to me years later. In life, you will be on an uphill battle to constantly impress your peers. And for the most part, if you play your cards right, it will feel like you're succeeding at it. Until you fail. And until you realize that no one really cared about any of it to begin with. And all that will be left would be you staring at the compounded mess that you have made from trying too hard to appeal to a sense of acceptance that wasn't anybody's to give but yours. So don't do that. Don't worry about how other people see you. What you should be more concerned about is how you see yourself. When I came back, she wasn't there. Just a note left on the stairs. If you want to talk, give me a call. So these were two lessons from two stages in my life and from my two crushes. I have a lot of crushes and I have always tried to take lessons from them. And hopefully I get to share this some other day. But for now, make sure you're always yourself and make sure you code those who love you unconditionally very dear. Because when shit hit the fan, they are the ones that would help you pack it up. I wish you guys a wonderful new week. This is Mifa Dejmo, host of the UNI podcast. Cheers. Yeah.